Hello, welcome to Workplace Wake Up. I'm Jen Shaw. Every week, I spend about 15 minutes covering legal developments, introducing you to interesting guests, and providing some entertainment to start your workday. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. We have been receiving a ton of calls recently at the firm about internal investigations. And many of you are aware that one of our main practice areas is conducting investigations. So I thought it would be interesting for me to give you sort of a bird's eye view on a couple of investigations issues. So our podcasts for the month of April are going to be all about investigations. So our first topic today is I just wanna talk to you about some trends that we're seeing in investigations and really help you organize your thoughts about how to handle these issues that come up that you need to investigate, okay? So the first thing for everyone to keep in mind is you only do an investigation when you don't know something, a fact, that you need to know. So in other words, I got a call this morning from a client who said, Jen, I need you to do an investigation. She told me the story and I said, well, gosh, it sounds like you know everything. What do you need me to investigate? And she said, well, I don't really need you to find out any facts. It's just, I don't know what to do about the situation. All right, well, that is not uncommon and it's very understandable, but I think you can all sort of appreciate that what is needed in that situation is not an investigation. What's needed is a solution to the problem, right? So I want you to think of internal investigations as a means, a tool, a method for identifying if there's a problem, and if there is, then you're gonna to have to take steps to solve that problem. So we don't do investigations just to, you know, stall having to resolve the issue, right? We, we only do investigations when there's something we don't know. Now, on this podcast episode, I wanna to talk to you about the trends we're seeing. And one of the most important ones is complaints that are coming in about remote work. So a lot of you, of course, may still be working remotely because of COVID-19 in March 2020. A lot of workplaces went remote. And frankly, as I say that, I cannot believe we're in April of 2022 and we're still talking about COVID-19. Never did I expect in the universe to, for this to be the case. But anyway, it is. So... What I want you to think about is a lot of folks said back in March of 2020, or maybe you sent your folks home in June or July or August. Well, you know what? The good news about this is this is going to reduce the number of internal complaints we get, right? Because people will be home. I mean, come on, what could come up? Well, we've never been busier. Part of us being busy is because we're giving advice and counsel and we're resolving complaints with the Department of Fair Employment and Housing and we're handling labor commissioner claims and we're training people how to administer leaves of absence and avoid workplace violence and everything else. But the other reason we have a lot of work to do, folks, is because people are misbehaving on remote work. They are taking Zoom calls in bed without appropriate clothing. They are forgetting that they're on a Zoom call. They don't tell the person they live with who walks out of the shower naked right by the camera, right? There's a lot going on here. The other thing is I think people feel a certain sense of security and they don't really feel like they're at work necessarily when they're at home, sitting in their PJs, 
listening to a Zoom or responding to messages. You know, I think a lot of us had more flexible schedules because of COVID. So not only were we working at home, but we were sort of working when we could. We were trying to catch the time to work whenever we possibly could. So what that means is we've got a lot of people who forget the workplace rules, right? They're forgetting that it matters what you say, it matters what you do, it matters how you say things, um, it matters you know, what you're wearing, right? These are all things that have come up. So one of the big trends we're seeing is complaints that are related to remote work. And of course, one of the issues we're going to talk about in the next um, episode is when you can do an internal investigation with your internal HR folks or management folks and when you need to get an external investigator. But we're just going to call this a complaint, right? It's a workplace complaint. It's an internal issue. You've got to do an investigation. Whether you do it internally or you get someone externally, you, you need to know what's going on out there, right? And certainly these remote work issues are coming up a lot. The other trend we're seeing in complaints is people demanding not to work with someone in the future. So we're seeing complaints that are coming up where somebody's saying, well, John was mean to me and therefore I want to be reassigned. So they're making the remedy, the solution, part of the complaint. Rather than just saying, look, factually, here's what John is doing. I'm upset about it. I want him to fix it. They're adding this additional layer of, okay, but this is what I want you to do about it. Now, Obviously, if you're experienced doing investigations, you know that it is important to know what result a complainant wants. It's really good and insightful for you to ask the question, you know, what are you hoping to have happen as part of this investigation? You also want to make clear, of course, you're not promising that that what they ask for is going to happen. But but it helps you to know, is this complainant just someone who's saying, look, I just want the contact to stop. I'd rather they didn't even know I was complaining. That's all I care about. Everything can be fine. I just want the conduct to stop. Or I demand that she be fired, right? And there may be very good reasons for someone to take that latter position, but you want to know that as the investigator. So we're seeing a lot of folks who are telling you as part of the complaint process the remedy they want. And they're not making it as this is what I'd like to see happen. They're saying if the the employer doesn't do this, then they they haven't appropriately responded. They haven't done what they need to do. So it's really important for you when you're looking at investigations to be able to sort out what are the factual allegations that somebody is making and what's the remedy that they're seeking. You really can't investigate the remedy, right? The remedy is just something they're asking for. So you want to make sure you separate that out. The other trend we're seeing is internal investigators, so HR folks, EEO folks, personnel, um, employees doing investigations, and they're reaching legal conclusions. Now, we've been talking about this for 25 years, that your job as an investigator is to be an umpire. You're calling balls and strikes on facts. The only people who can make legal determinations when we're talking about the Um, employment law claims that people can raise are judges and juries. Your job is not to do that as the investigator. So for example, if my allegation is John is sexually harassing me, you're not investigating did John sexually harass me. You're going to ask me, Jen, tell me what happened. 
And then I'm going to say, well, he said this and he looked at this and he did that and he wrote me this email and he sent me this text. That's what you're investigating. So I don't want you to be um, caught off guard or or encouraged to go down the wrong road by somebody using legal terminology. They might say, I've been retaliated against. I'm the victim of a hostile work environment. I've been discriminated against. I'm being harassed. Those are just conclusions. Those are not things you can investigate. So when you think about this idea of, all right, what's my scope? You're sitting down to write your report, right? Your investigation report. And you've you've got to tell the reader, what are Jen's allegations? Well, the allegation can't be John sexually harassed Jen, right? You can't investigate that. That's a legal conclusion. So what what your allegations are going to be are, you know, on um, April 4th, 2022, John sent Jen an email that contained sexual references. And then you quote the email, right? So these are the factual allegations that you're going to investigate. So for some reason, I think probably because we're stressed and we've got a lot on our plates and some of the people who do these investigations internally, it's not their usual job. Many of them haven't done it before. They don't know the distinction between reaching a factual finding and reaching a legal finding. Okay, and that's a very important distinction. I never want to read an investigation report where someone is making a legal finding. Now, the other trend we're seeing is employees making complaints that are so broad you can't investigate them. Let me give you an example. The complaint is, this workplace is not diverse. The complaint is, We don't hire enough managers of color. The complaint is there are too many men who work here. Okay, you see where I'm going? The complaint is the company doesn't care about people's religious beliefs. Well, you can't investigate those kinds of broad allegations. You've got to get in and get some detail. Why do you think the company doesn't respect people's religious beliefs? What has happened to make you believe that? Who is engaged in that conduct? Why do you think it's related to religion, right? What do you mean the workforce isn't diverse? What diversity are we talking about? Perspective, race, color, sex, national origin, political affiliation, how we solve problems, right? Diversity isn't just about EEO issues. So we need to nail down. And I think a lot of times we're uncomfortable doing so because we think maybe I'm being mean to the complainant. Maybe I'm, I'm, I don't seem like I'm being neutral. Maybe I'm, I'm treating them in a way that I shouldn't be. But here's what you need to understand. You have a really important job as an investigator. And you can't do what you need to do if you don't have the right information. So it's okay to say to someone, I can see you're upset, but I need some more details. Talk to me about why you think there are too many men in this organization. In what way? In every part of the organization and only some parts? Why do you think that? Have you done a census? You know, what are you, what are you basing those claims on? And it's extremely important to do that because if you're not clear about the allegations when you initiate an investigation, your findings, your factual findings are going to be flawed by definition, right? Because 
You can't reach an appropriate factual finding if you're not even clear what the allegation is. And it's interesting, you know, a, a lot of attorneys come to us from a litigation background or another background. Some have been in-house counsel. And this is an interesting thing that they have to do a little mind switch on, right? Because lawyers are used to making legal arguments. But when you're an investigator, you're just focused on the facts. Now, you've got to have the legal background, which is why I think employment lawyers do great investigations, because you've got to know what are the elements for harassment claim, right? What do you need to know to decide if someone's been retaliated against? So if you take retaliation, for example, you're going to have to find out, all right, what's the protected activity that the employee engaged in? What do they think happened to them after they engaged in that protected activity? And why do they think that that bad thing that happened to them is linked or related to the protected activity? What is that causal connection? So you've got to know the claims to be able to figure out what questions to ask, but you need to really stay in your lane when it comes to what do we mean by doing a fact finding investigation. And when you hear these terms, I want you to understand what we're talking about, right? We're never going to reach a legal finding in an investigation. The final thing I want to talk to you about, and this is a trend again that I think is related to the fact that we're busy. We've got a lot going on and many of us are pulled in too many directions. You have to make sure the quality of your product is impeccable. You've got to proof it. You've got to make sure you have the correct names, the correct job titles, that your facts are correct. If it's 2021, make sure you wrote down 2021. And I'll tell you what I do, and this seems tedious because it is. When I write a report, I will read it out loud. I'll sit in my office or I'll sit at home and I'll literally whisper it to myself. Each word, you wouldn't believe how many typos I catch. And I'm not perfect. Even after doing all that, I'll miss things. But you have to care about your product. And I think sometimes we're saddled with doing investigations, particularly when you're in-house HR or EEO. You have so many other things on your plate. You were already busy and then this thing got added. So sometimes it's hard to give the investigations the attention that they deserve. So I want you to give yourself time. Somebody will say to you, when's it gonna be done? When I'm done. That's when it's going to be done. I'm going to work as quickly and efficiently as I can. But I'll tell you what, they will remember the quality of your work far longer than they will remember the day you gave them the work product. All right. Thanks for joining us today, everyone. Have a great rest of your day. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to spread the word, please share it with others, post about it on social media and or rate and review it. Of course, you can also follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, and email us at info at Workplace Wake Up, including its guests and hosts, do not provide legal advice in this podcast. Do not act upon any of the information discussed in this podcast without consulting a licensed attorney in your jurisdiction.